Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is comedian Courtney Cronendold, and you are listening to Shout It Out Loud cast with Tom and Zeus. These guys are hilarious. They make me laugh so hard. I could listen to them talk about Kiss and Chris Jericho for hours. And I mean, and they can go long and it's good like the whole time. You're never like bored or looking at the ceiling or like, oh, are you almost done? Hurry up. I can't breathe. Get off my hair. You're just into it because it's that good. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Shout It Out Loudcast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place because the album review crew is back with episode number 44. We are calling this one, Dear Rosemary, you are, you are, you are so great. And I should have known that it would just be a matter of time, but these days I just want to choke you. Tommy Zeus, I can go on and on, go on, go on, go on, but I won't because we got to get over the shit over with. How are you? Oh, I'm. I can't believe you didn't incorporate. Give me some rope to get through this episode. <laughs> I was gonna uh, try to, but I was like, okay. I'd rather. Ch- all right, all right, all right. No, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. It's my pick, and uh, I don't know. Let's see. A lot, a lot of hot opinions on the foo and whether they're poo. Zeus, I'm just not a fan of the word poo, but that's what makes it funny. <laughs> but it rhymes with foo. I wish I just, it was fit so I could call it shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I prefer you say that foo shit than poo. Poo knee. What about that? That, 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 that sounds good. Poo knee. <laughs> Regardless. Yeah. Tom, what we did last month was basically your pick again. <laughs> master of puppets and boy were a few of you out there not happy with sunny and i yikes yeah that's that's okay yeah the, the so the patreon pick also known as tom's second pick <laughs> yeah uh as we come to know so yeah we do the poll and uh the poll was favorite song so the options were master of puppets welcome home sanitarium disposable heroes and battery 
And no surprise, Master Puppets runs away with 46%. Uh, Battery at 22, Welcome Home at 18, and Disposable Heroes at 13. The comments are across the board. Pretty much everybody loves this album. Um, And even if you don't love Metallica, you at least like the album. (laughs) Okay, here's a a great Twitter handle that some people might like. This is from disgraced former president Donald J. Trump. That's his Twitter handle. That's I don't not really, me. Yeah, I don't. I don't really like this record. Kill 'em all is more my speed. Okay, well, kill 'em all is a completely different. Even that doesn't even sound like Metallica. But we'll save that for another episode. See, Uncle Polly. This episode tells me that Zeus is growing tired of all the Tom Tards making <laughs> his picks for him. Hashtag Tom Cult. Oh boy, maybe. Oh, and then our uh, our own Sunny Pooney says, "Here we go." Quote. Oh, my God, I can't believe Pooney said that. <laughs> yep. Our buddy Nige. I have just listened to this episode. Tom, I always knew you were an exceptionally intelligent man, and this episode proves it. Zeus and Sonny, I have comments. Uh, our buddy Steve chimes in. Been a huge Metallica fan since the debut Spectacular album. Uh, this is kind of interesting. Hey, not that we really get into this with our listeners, but Steve, out of all the albums that we did, Steve has Operation Mind Crime number one. Ooh. That's a crime in and of itself. <laughs> there you go. Why? Operation Steve Crime. Wow. Uh, but that's Twitter. What, what do you got, Zeus? Uh, let's go to the, our Facebook page. Paul Heider. This was the album that brought an entirely new heavy metal to the commercial music world and the metal genre split into two streams where labels began snapping up their own metallica just had been snapping up their own motley crew a couple years earlier oh and you all hate my favorite track on the album the thing that should not be yeah i like lovecraft oh okay I have no idea what that is. HP HP Lovecraft. It, the the song is about a monster, and HP Lovecraft wrote stories about monsters. Yeah, whoop de doo. Yeah, I'm the resident. <laughs> I'm the resident. I'm the resident smart guy of the group. Boy, whoop de doo. More poo. Yeah, <laughs> more poo. America's least favorite realtor, Joey Romanik. <laughs> I just finished the episode. While it's ridiculous how low he had it, I was not surprised by Sonny's ranking. Then I went to the website and looked at his total rankings. Good Lord. I've (laughs) never heard of half the albums he has ranked above Stone Cold Classics that are Master of Puppets, Moving Pictures, and Operation Mindcrime. But then again, I like good music. Oh, Yikes. Sonny um, won't be Sonny won't be using Joey as a realtor in the future. <laughs> well, well, if you're looking in the slum area of uh, Tampa Bay, he's your guy. Um, I was going to say those three albums don't inspire you meeting any women ever, but I've seen the wife, so I can't say that. Fair, fair. But you are right, Sonny. Those are not uh, chick magnet albums. They're no, actually they they're actually chick repellent albums. <laughs> all, all of them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, I'm with Sonny on all of those picks. See, I agree with him. Oh, no. Kevon Japson. Here we go. <laughs> Still on the FBI's radar using fake names. Um. Easily a top five album of all time for me. I cut my teeth playing guitar to this, 
Well, <laughs> no wonder you know. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> haven't, haven't heard you play. No wonder. Oh, boy. Be nice to Kevin. <laughs> and just as I could never rank this, they are all a 10. I could write an essay after listening to this episode. Orion is the greatest instrumental of all time. <laughs> I never skip it. Sonny's rankings. What the fuck, man? <laughs> right when I think he's starting to come around, bam, he's out doing coke with Hunter. <laughs> yeah, Patreon pick. He had to get his fucking political hold on, hold on. When has when has Jebson ever felt that Sonny is coming around? On ARC. When is that? What episode did give you that hope? Oh, never. Never. And the greatest <laughs> instrumental of all time is yeah. NVH3345. Look it up. NVH3345. I don't know what that is. Look it up. Okay. Um. Okay. We could have a, we could have a, a little competition with instrumentals like that. Um. Brian Robinson says, once Poonie started to, and it's a shit emoji on Orion, I was out. <laughs> uh, speaking speaking of Orion, care if he wasn't dead, oh Cliff Burton, yeah. Would oh, you dude, I'm about Orion. If he wasn't dead, dude, I'm so way ahead of you. I like Orion, but I'm, Cliff Burton is right up there. I'm telling you, death has done wonders for people, most notably people like Kurt Cobain and Amy Winehouse and all these people, talented musicians, you know, great, whatever. But let's be serious. Cliff Burton was great, but people are like, oh, my God, you got to build a statue of Cliff Burton, which actually I think there might be one built of him. I don't even know. But yeah, I, I completely disagree. Cobain was the face of grunge before he died. And I didn't say I didn't say I didn't say that he's not overrated. the face of grunge. I said that he's extremely overrated. Yeah, but he a, was he was always he was always like I guess over. If you want to say overrated, you could say he was overrated before he died. But he was still huge before. Yeah, he, yeah. No, no. I don't died. deny that. But people like Amy oh, Winehouse. Fuck, listens to that shit. I don't. But people are like, oh, she's so great. Why? Because she's dead. So she had like one album, one song. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's see. Johnny Addison says, my favorite Metallica album of all time in a massive piece. Imagine if Cliff Burton had not died and went on to play on Injustice for All. How cool, or should I say, how much more awesome would an album be with Cliff Burton on Is Righteous? It wouldn't have, because Injustice for All is almost as good as or might even be better, depending on my mood, than Master of Puppets. So Cliff Burton, no. Is that the one that they always claim that there's no bass on it? Yeah, Is that yeah, it? yeah. Because that was Jason Newstead's first album. They claimed that it was like a like a hazing that they were fucking with him. <laughs> hey, join our band. Let's fuck up the songs because we yeah. don't. We want to give you shit. But yeah. there's a bunch of albums between '86 and '88. No matter what genre it is, except for R&B funk, yeah, that don't have much bass in them. It was the way the production was getting done. Yeah. Exactly. There's like a bass. There's like a low rumble on every song on Justice for All, yeah. but there's not like that finger picking bass that you hear on other metallic albums, but whatever. Uh, Daniel Haller Houston says, have it to hand it to Sonny for realizing Lars is a shitty drummer. Hetfield is an awesome guitar player and is able to carry a drummer who struggles to keep time. Dave Lombardo can play fast 
and have it be smooth. Lars is just a meh drummer. Okay. Dave Lombardo is like light years better than Lars. Uh, uh, Lars gets unnecessarily demolished, but he's, yeah, Dave Lombardo, that's not fair. <laughs> All right. Um. So over on Loudcasters, Michael Murphy puts this. Bullet Boys, number eight. Bad English, 14. Yeah. yeah. Up is 31. Yeah. Are you crazy? Is that your problem? Yeah. This is what we deal with here. Yep. Let's do a Megadeth album so I can get it 55. Oh, God. No one's doing Megadeth. Not even me. Tim Bream. Oh, God. Think of family here, people, and listen. Correction. Bang Tango's third album was called Love After Death. Bang Tango Rule. That is nothing to be proud of, Tim, that you know that. And we were talking about Bango Tango, not Bang Tango. Oh, yeah. Bango Tango is there. That's the Bang Tango cover band, Bango Tango, the tribute band. <laughs> Where would a Bango Tango cover band like sell out more so than the fucking original band if they play? Play it like the Nashua Knights of Columbus or something. <laughs> That's where the real band can barely fill up. Actually, that's true. <laughs> oh, man. Joseph Collins. I have so many disagreements with Sonny and Zeus regarding Orion. This song is literally filled with the absolute brilliance of Cliff. There are many bass solos in that song. That's one of the reasons this instrumental is one of the greatest efforts. All I would say is, as our dean said to us at Stonehill, is that a positive thing that there's many bass solos in a song? Like, so, what the fuck? so with all the Cliff Cult shirt, can we get Cliff Cult? That'd be a good one. Yeah. So, with all this Orion talk, I, I gotta, I gotta drop a, 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 our buddy here. His he, he just did an episode on the top five Metallica songs, and it was just him and Ernie. And I'm oh, listening gosh. to the episode, and I'm listening to the episode, and it was great, good picks. I don't know Ernie very well. We met him when we did one of the Ed Joey's episode. Funny guy, good guy, knows his music. Orion was his number one favorite Metallica song of all time. Orion, which I love as an instrumental, but I think there's an Orion cult, not just a Cliff cult. Uh, I don't know. That's it. Yeah. So basically, Ernie hates melody, hates music, <laughs> hates vocals. Hates he lyrics. must he must hate the vocals. I don't know. We'll have, maybe maybe can uh, ask him about that next time. Adam Mickmeyer says, "Nice to have a non grunge album review." Relax. <laughs> we did I Purple said, Rain. I, I set that up for you, Tom. We've done like in. three or four grunge albums, maybe. Yeah, out of forty. Yeah, exactly. Grudge music. Stephen Holden must be mistaken. He says, "Hey, Chief." You actually like music, so I'm assuming he means either me or Sonny because Tom loved this album. So I don't know what the fuck but he's talking about. Tom's the chief, though. Maybe that's what, I know. That, that, that's what I'm part. saying. That's, that's Zeus's point. Yeah, that's what he's saying. So I don't know. Yeah, there's. I'm saying like, or maybe he hates. Or maybe he hates Metallica. He hates and he's a, yeah. oh, right. Oh, maybe, maybe he doesn't. Maybe, right, right. Maybe he doesn't like Metallica, so he's shitting on me. All right, let's go over to Instagram. Violently Lopez. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just finished your Master of Puppets review, and it was another stellar episode. 
This album is Metallica's masterpiece, and your rundowns were pretty spot on, except for Sonny, who couldn't be more wrong about Orion. Oh if my he had god! Listened to it with his head encased in cement. We're gonna have to do like a supplemental <laughs> Orion episode. And while I understand that Zeus isn't a fan of thrash, I'm pretty sure it's possible to review the album without shitting on Slayer, Anthrax, and Megadeth <laughs> during every song review. I don't think I shit on them. I don't even listen to them. I don't even know them. I didn't shit on Anthrax. I love when um, people get upset when we bring up other bands. Like, why, why do you got to bring up them? Because <laughs> they suck, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even say anything about them. They're so sensitive. Jesus. Um, they the may th- not be your the, cup of tea. A, it's the thrash tards. Yeah. <laughs> but they also had nothing to do with the making of this album. As th- he's offended, dude. As a thrash fan myself, may I suggest Slayer's Season in the Abyss? No. Anthrax, Sound of the White Noise. No. And Megadeth's cryptic writings. No. Albums by these bands that might be more... Your speed. No. Except for you, Sonny. Any person who champions bullet boys without pissing <laughs> themselves in laughter is barred from criticizing anything of the big four. Oh, we don't do comment of the week with ARC, but that might be it right there. That was, he, he just came up with double barrel killing people. You're not allowed to like anything, Sonny, if you shit on the thrash big four. That's what yeah. I'm saying. And he had a problem with me. Thrashing, thrashing, Slayer on a Metallica episode, but you keep flashing Bullet Boys on a fucking Foo Fighters episode. <laughs> yep, you got it. You got a point, man. Yep, let's uh, do it. Over on our YouTube page, I'll read one comment. Okay, this Charles one. Bronson forty two eighty two. Fuck that Metallica bullshit. <laughs> I knew it. That's fucking great. Fuck that. See, that's a nice, concise, to the point. Get it out of your system. Yeah, apparently he's not a not a big fan of the Metallica Tom. Oh my god! All right, all right, over to you guys. Sonny, you got an email, and I got a I got a few, and then we'll get on to the foo. All right. So uh, the email I got is from Pete Gibbons. Uh, first of all, love the show. Always great. Tom, this is for you because you're the only one with fucking sense to know how classic Master of Puppets is. <laughs> it is Zeppelin Four, meh, and Al- <laughs> Allman Brothers at Fillmore East, meh, meh, of thrash heavy metal. It is standard by all, which all others are held to. All eight songs have not merely survived, but have aged like fine wine with time. I saw the 8-4 MetLife Stadium show, and they did Orion Battery and ended with Master of Puppets. They sound just as good as they did in 88 when I saw them for the first time. Tom, don't miss the tour. The lightning the sta- and the stage was incredible. The lighting and the stage was incredible, and they sounded great. Little rusty in spots, but still Metallica. I share your geekness for this band and album, and last night I felt like a 15-year-old, long-haired, pothead misfit kid all over again losing my fucking mind as the lights went down and they exploded with creeping death i took my 12 and 16 year old daughter that's child abuse and i realized how many bands can how many bands can a mom and a dad and two teenagers all go absolutely fucking ape shit at seeing but you could have went to Bruno Mars. I uh, love you guys on the show. Keep up the great work. We're listening and we love what you're doing. 
and that was Pete Gibbon. Oh, cool, Pete. And I am not missing the show. I'm going when they come to uh, Foxborough. Uh, Allman oh. Brothers? Really? I love the Allman Brothers. Great oh, stuff. God. Uh, this comes from our uh, fellow metal podcaster from the Metal Oasis, Adam Stevenson. I wanted to write my thoughts about this review after I just saw Metallica in East Rutherford, New Jersey, so as to approach it without a clouded mind in anticipation of seeing Metallica for the first time. I've just finished listening to your review for the third time. Wow. Metallica has been one of my favorite bands since high school, starting with the Black Album, going back through the catalog, but Master of Puppets was the one that really struck a chord with me. The grit from Kill Em All and Ride the Lightning had been smoothed into a fiery explosion of angst, aggression, speed, and brutality that stands the test of time as a perfect album. Eight tracks that take you on a twist and turn of emotion and deep thought, all while headbanging. Seeing these songs performed live was a religious experience. Songs I've been listening to for over 20 years take on a new life when you're being pummeled by 120 decibels and a 60-year-old man whose voice has only aged like fine wine. Another fine wine analogy. I knew Tom and I would align, but I didn't expect we would go for a song-for-song match in our rankings and place this album in its rightful perch at number one. Well, Leper Messiah is my all-time favorite Metallica song when it comes to rankings. Yours was the correct order for the album. I'm glad Zeus is starting to come over to the heavier side of metal, and I respect his disdain for Orion, but it is a beautifully orchestrated song. Lastly, Sonny, for over 40 episodes of people questioning your album picks, track rankings, and overall bands, I've quietly stood by your side as you're not just a yes man and jump on the bandwagon. You pick different artists to push people's comfort zone and help expose other bands to us younger listeners. However, I cannot let... Here it comes. I was waiting for it. He gives him a nice compliment. However, I cannot let the slanderous remarks for Leper Messiah and Orion stand. Again, Orion is a testament to the legacy of Cliff Burton and their best instrumental. Oh, my God. The Orion cult is a real thing. Wow. All right, Adam. And then we got a nice one here from our buddy Steve Sorensen from Denmark. Uh, gives a really nice long email about his love for Metallica and Master of Puppets. He says, I also I want to say you make a great podcast. I listen to metal rock podcasts a lot, and yours is by far the best. Sometimes I laugh so hard at you guys. Tears are running from my eyes. I live in Denmark, so many times I don't even know what the hell you guys are talking about. But when you each get each other going, I'm laughing so hard. Keep up the great work. Best regards from Denmark, Steve. And he's obviously a big Metallica fan as well. So great emails, great feedback from everybody. That is Master of Puppets. Yeah, I think this week almost have to come up with like an album full of songs that we didn't expect people to be like all of a sudden fanatic about. Remember the last one we did with Purple? People were like, well, we're still remains. I'm like, where the fuck did this come Yeah, I'm like, that song's like, that's that's not a good song. The the same thing with Orion. Like, there's just like certain songs that we don't mention as like a top song and everyone's like, where the fuck is this? Oh, you remember? Number one bad boy was the same way. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) for a minute, I thought you, for a minute, I thought you were serious (laughs) that my brain responded correctly. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Number one bad boy. Oh, <laughs> that how it goes. Better than Orion. Oh, there um, we go. Bring on the hate hey, mail. I'm, I'm waiting. People are already putting their comments together for next month. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, 
Even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, you Yikes. can combine all. You can combine all the. Oh, they won't know until the following month. Yeah, Sunny. Sunny's got his pick for the month of September. So Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh God, it's gonna be fun. No, but isn't. before we do that, we got to go to this album. This is Tom's pick. Uh, Foo Fighters. We know. I've always known you were a huge fan. So this album being picked by you, Tom, not a surprise. But tell us a little bit about it. All right. So I, I've been on board with uh, Foo since day one. Um, I have all their albums, seen them in concert a bunch of times. I mean, obviously we'll get into it. I, I truly, I'm confused by like the nicest guy in rock getting so much hate, Dave Grohl. And I, I don't get it. I mean, Foo Fighters make the most non-controversial, melodic, hard rock, at times heavy rock. I, I, I just, they check off all the boxes that I love about, about, about hard rock. But this album specifically, uh, I remember it came out in 2011. I remember hearing uh, Rope. The first song that was released, and I was like, "Wow!" I'm like, "This sounds this sounds different from some of some of the other stuff that they've done." Uh, because before this album, they put out Echo, Silence, Patience, and Grace, which was not a bad album, but kind of all over the place with styles. They tried to get into some country and some like some mel you know melancholy type stuff, and I was I liked it, but I heard Rope. I'm like, "Shit, something's going getting different." And then when the whole album came out, I was like, "Fuck!" I'm like, "This." This is what I want from the Foo Fighters. And this year it turned 12 years old. I, I never, ever get tired of this album. It's constantly being put in rotation. I mean, the Foo Fighters in general are constantly in rotation for me. Uh, but this album is is by far, by far my favorite Foo Fighters album. And just to give a little aside, their brand new album that came out after the passing of Taylor Hawkins is phenomenal. I mean, that, that album, like, crushes my soul because every song is about loss and grief and etc it's a beautiful album and i almost picked that i almost picked that one but i was like nah i'm like i'm gonna stick with wasting light this is the album to which all foo fighters albums should be compared i love this band i saw them on this tour with murph to this day it's still the absolute loudest concert i've ever seen in my life 
I, I just love this band, and it's kind of similar to why I like a band like, say, Shinedown. Melodic, hard rock, where the lyrics are very personal. You know, they kind of pour their heart and soul out. They're not screaming for the sake of of rage. It's more screaming for the sake of emotion and energy. The lyrics are about real life. Um, and I, I just think that's why the Foo Fighters just touch a nerve with me, and they always have. So it took me a long time to get to this album, but we're, we're finally here. All right. For me... Um... I've been out of the Foo Fighters since day one. Just like Tom was in, I was out. Okay. And I think we would all agree that music is all about feel. It's about timing. You know, for every one of our age folks that love Master Puppets as a song, there's an 80-year-old out there. That, oh, that's all noise. Yeah. You know, Dave Clark 5 was the best ever. Like, it's all about feel and timing. My problem was I was not a Nirvana fan at all. Partially, it killed my music. Partially, it was depressing. I just didn't get it. So to hear that the drummer had a new band didn't excite me at all. Then the coup de gras that absolutely kills Foo Fighters for me <laughs> has nothing really to do with the band. It doesn't really have a lot to do with Grohl. It did later, but... And that is, I could not get away from the songs Everlong mm. and My yeah. Hero because we used My Hero as a clip of music every time somebody won a fucking award at our company meeting five <laughs> years in a fucking row. Yeah. And no, I didn't win any of the awards at those meetings because, you know, I'm paid to kick ass, not win fucking trophies. Don't mean nothing, nobody. Nice. Even though I secretly want some. But, hearing a clip of my hero 50 times a day for three days in a row five years in a row ended it for me the first time i heard wasting light cover to cover was exactly 24 days and 23 hours ago um you'll find out what i felt about it later but my problem has always been the connection to nirvana i just didn't get it then and it's part of it is just bias, yeah. right? I had Nirvana is X, so Foo Fighters must be Y, right? And, th and, and, and thank God they were not. Their first album, just real quickly, their first album was pretty much all demos that Dave performed all by himself. Half of the songs were written while he was in Still Nirvana, and they hit their stride in their second album. They really, really hit their stride in their third album and really separated themselves as just an alternative melodic hard rock band Um which I think is fantastic for Dave. But anyways, but in also another quick aside, uh, my hero is not a good song. So go ahead, Zeus. Uh, Foo Fighters. So I got it as soon as it came out because it's the closest thing to another Nirvana album when they first came out. Uh, I thought it was a different version of Nirvana, kind of the same kind of style, tr trying to be pop, melodic, punk, all in one. Um, over time, I bought the next two albums and then I kind of drifted off. I never really got into them. I knew the songs, the hits, the songs on the radio. And I think out of, uh, kind of a loyalty thing, I would buy their albums because, oh, Dave Grohl, I like him. He's the guy from Nirvana. That's, uh, I feel a likable guy. I want yeah. to support and I want to support this type of music. And the band was doing well. 
So I never got into it. I've never listened to this specific album. I've never heard one of the songs on this album. Oh, None. good. I actually I've like that. I've never seen any videos. I've never seen any of the, heard any of the songs. This is all new to me, but I, I, I'm kind of accustomed to knowing what they sound like. So uh, I was interested when you picked this to be like, all right, I'll give this a chance. And this is a guy that had five of their albums. When <laughs> you pick the one I don't have. Yeah. So uh, I was interested when you got this and uh open ear and opened uh you know mind to listen to this and see what i what i think no cool i mean like i said i i've been going back and forth with the foo fighters i'm i mean i could pick any album but it was it was it's easily this album um again just to kind of get pump up their most recent album it's it's fucking phenomenal to to be able to put an album out like that after their beloved drummer passed away was was great but yeah I, I, it's it, we're we've been doing arc for a long time and i i it's difficult to pick an album when it comes to your your time but i was like it's it's been a while it's time for some it's time for some foo right sonny foo is poo oh, okay we go all right Anyway, let's uh let's get into the uh album itself. Uh Foo Fighters, like we always start off with the cover. Yep. Uh who wants to go first? I'll I'll start. I mean, I you know, I picked the album, so I'll start. Uh yeah, the album, the cover is is bad. The Foo Fighters have a real knack for bad album covers. You go through their entire discography, they don't I, I don't I think actually their best album cover is probably their debut album. With that little like ray gun, like that Han Solo pistol. That uh, their their album covers are not good. This is just, uh, you know, this is like a psychedelic version of like like Hardwired by Metallica, which came out five years later. It's just, it's just all their faces with weird shades of green and purple and blue and red. It's I don't know. I don't like it. Um, you know, there's a there's a I have the vinyl, of course, the double vinyl. There's an awesome gatefold of like a distorted picture of the band rehearsing. Which is really cool, but the cover itself, there's really not much to say about it other than it's kind of, it's weak to me. Yeah. So my guess is we don't have a lot of like hippies and psychedelic rock fans listening to us, but uh, go uh, go do this research. There's a band called Love. Yep. They released an album in 1967 called Forever Changes. And it's almost the exact same album cover, except for it's done in like uh, almost graffiti type art, and it's very late sixties. Yeah, um, it's possible one of these guys was a love fan. That's possible. Uh, their music doesn't sound a lot like the same, but you know, it's also forty years later, yeah. so that probably doesn't uh, surprise anybody. I think it was interesting that two of the guys are looking at us, but three are looking away. So I don't know yeah. if that's supposed to be like uh like a clock type of thing so the, you know there's one at six o'clock and one at 12 o'clock but yep you know everybody else is kind of looking the other way i like the colors yeah the colors um, are great i yeah. thought that was good and you know it's interesting it's not somebody setting themselves on fire interesting <laughs> right. but uh it's different I, I i thought it was all right i didn't absolutely hate it i guess i just don't get it i don't i don't understand why but uh i guess maybe i'm not supposed to okay so the album cover itself bright colors different stuff headshots i i i guess that's the word sunny i'll say is interesting it it stands out to me the dark black and then all these bright colors and photos and says you know nice red lighting uh 
writing Foo Fighters Wasting Light and makes me think of photography and things like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's not, I'm not an art fucking major. I have no idea what this is trying to relay or or what this, I just look at him like, oh, okay. It's interesting. You know, it's got those like Sears stepbrothers, whatever fucking type of (laughs) face photos. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Sears portraits when you were a kid stuff, but whatever. I don't know. I don't think too much of it. It's all right. Yeah, it's 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 nothing great. The the back cover has like a distorted picture of like a guitar and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunately it's not. But like I said, Foo Fighters are notorious for just having trash album covers. I don't get it. Yeah, well, um, the album is called Wasting Light. It's their seventh studio album, mm-hmm. uh, released April twelfth, two thousand and eleven, produced by Foo Fighters and. The legendary Butch Vig, who is uh, a part of Garbage, the band. Awesome. Also, legendary producer who produced Nirvana's Nevermind. Um, The album had six singles, which is incredible if you think about it. These days, for a rock album to have those many singles. The album went to number one in the U.S., it went number one in UK, uh, number one top hard rock albums, alternative albums. It went to number one on the charts. Uh, for and as far as I know, the album went platinum. Now we're mm-hmm. talking 2011, so I'm not sure if that's impressive or not, but it did go platinum. Yeah, and in 2012, it also got four Grammy awards, including best rock album. So they, yep. they, they, they crushed it with this, with this album. This got like all the accolades across the board. And uh, I think relax, crushed it. I'll, I'll share some stuff with you later. I don't know if we can call it crushed it. Okay. So remember, remember that, remember when the bullet boys got Grammy awards and rock album? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me neither. Me neither. yeah they had, man, they had to go up against Bango Tango yeah. and Tangier. Those, those, those are the Raz, those are the Razzie Grammy awards. <laughs> Dude, he does have a point, though. Sonny does have a point. Like, think of the albums back then in the 80s that were coming out. Who's their fucking competition in 2011? Oh, you're going to hear about it later. I did a little research. <laughs> That's no. fine. Oh, no. And, and you and you, uh, you are right. Before you even, we even get into it, you're right. The, first of all, winning Best Rock Album by the Grammys might not be the accolade you think it is because yeah, they gave, they gave everybody knows the story about fucking Jethro Tull beating out Metallica for a Grammy, so... <laughs> Grammys are ridiculous. Yeah, of course. Dude, I think Beyonce has like a thousand Grammys and by far the most. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You don't have to say much more than that. But I'm just saying now going platinum might be the part that's kind of uh, Mm -hmm. impressive in 2011 selling that many albums. But regardless, that's where the album, those are the album facts. One thing that stood out for me when doing some research on this, uh, first of all, if you're into this, there is a documentary called Back and Forth that's really, really interesting. If you're a Foo Fighters fan or if you're into music documentaries, it's called Back and Forth, and it's the documentary of the making of this album, which I think is really interesting because Dave Grohl wanted to go old school. He had Butch Vig, and they did the entire thing analog. No digital, no Pro Tools, no nothing. And I think that's kind of cool that Dave was like, let's go back, let's be old school you know, we're, we're the big time Foo Fighters, but, you know, enough with the electronics, enough with the digital manipulation. Let's go classic. 
And Butch kind of pushed back and Dave was like, no, we're, this is what we're doing. This is my album. Um, and Butch had to get his act together again, old school, because he had been so used to moving forward with all the, the, you know, the technical, uh, things that people were doing these days. So that was a huge thing for Dave and Butch to iron out. Um, and I think one thing I will say about this that I love about this album is not just the, you know, the songs itself, but the production is fucking spectacular. Every, every instrument breathes, every instrument's loud. And, um, one of my all time favorite drummers, rest in peace. I think Taylor Hawkins is out of his mind on this album. I think he's spectacular. Um, but yeah, if, again, if you're interested in the Foo Fighters or anything back and forth is a really, really cool documentary. It shows them, you know, rehearsing in Dave's garage where most of the album was recorded. Um, so it's, it's very cool. And I just, I, I just think Dave's a likable guy. And I think like not liking Dave Grohl is like just not liking like a puppy. It's like, he's the most harmless, non-confrontational rock star in the world. But that's okay. But Sonny's just said he doesn't like puppies, so that's kind of why he doesn't like. Not Dave a pet Cole, guy. So. Never had yeah, a pet. So I don't no. care. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Guys, any other thoughts on the production, the sound, or whatever before we start getting into the tracks? You want to get into it or what? Let's go to the songs. All right. All right. Song number one. Instead of burning bridges, we get bridges burning. <laughs> so uh, immediately you kind of get that raw garage type recording feel, but later it kind of sonically fills up pretty good. So you can tell that when they want to fill it up, they can. 
Um, when I listened to the song the first time, I'm like, wait a second. I think I've heard something like this before. It kind of had uh red hot chili peppers around the world vibe to me. So if you're a red hot mm-hmm. chili peppers fan, mm-hmm. just check that song out. When it started, I'm like, oh my God, he started with a scream. And I just absolutely <laughs> do not like alternative <laughs> rock. I just don't like <laughs> alternative rock. It's, I'm Here sure we go. a nice guy, but I just not. The chorus wasn't bad, vocal, vocal melody wise, but that fuzzy alt rock all over it and that punk screaming. Dude, I, then it got a little long. So I'm like, okay, well, if it's a punk song, at least I'll end in two minutes. I thought it was a minute too long for this shit. It just kind of shows that when they want to be pop, they can be. When they want to be punk, that's what they choose to be. And if they were a little more pop than punk, it would probably be more listenable to my ear. Overall, the song just meant to me. I would never listen to the song again because it did absolutely nothing for me. Here we go. We're off with a bang. This is why I, this is why I love when we do individual picks so that people can just bash fucking fantastic melodic hard rock that shifts gears between heavy punk rock the the way it opens um the thing that i love about see i love how he starts off with a scream and saying these are my famous last words the rhythm of the song is like really weird and unique the way the 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 groove and then sunny hinted at this and you'll see this a lot throughout this album the way the songs build and the way the instrumentation fills in as the song progresses. And then to me, Zeus, we say this all the time when we talk about Kiss, about Paul Stanley's ability to write a hooky, melodic chorus. Me personally, I think Dave Grohl is right there. I think if you need a melodic, hooky, earwormy chorus, he can he does he throws these in these songs where maybe the verses or the instrumentation or the solo is like Sonny said, punkish or this or that. But when it gets to that chorus, it's undeniable. And I think that this is just with everything that's going on in this song, he pulls you in and then he gets back in and does all the crazy shit with the rhythm, the rhythms and the instrumentation. Uh, Taylor is just an absolute monster. Again, I'll just say that I've already said it once. I say it again here. Um but to me, this is a really good example of how Dave can scream when he wants to scream to add a little bit of emotion and power. But then he has that really melodic voice that he can nail. So as much as Sonny doesn't like this song, that's how much I love it. <laughs> All right. So the whole album is credited to the whole band. Yep. Okay. So I'm not going to repeat oh, who wrote the lyrics because the whole band uh gets credit for it. So you're looking at Dave Grohl, Pat Smear, Nate Mendel, Taylor Hawkins, and Chris Shiflet. Uh yep. gets credited for all the songs. Okay. So this was the fifth and final single. It made it to US Hot Rock Alternative number 22. It was on Madden NFL 12. Yeah, that's back when they had that? rock music. Back when they had rock music on Madden. Yeah. Yeah. That that used to be fun. Yep. I listened to this. Remember, I haven't heard this album. And then I see, and immediately I go to, oh, this is the Nirvana influence of him. Opening with the scream. He's got the punk pop kind of melodies going. Um, And even the drums, when they start like that, like, this sounds like stay away. Uh, It's got the same kind of hook and he's staying true to his roots, I guess. But good for him. Uh, I like the callback, whatever keeps you warm at night. I like that part. Uh, it just seems like a straightforward pop rock song. 
Um, oh, I like the outro when there's somebody, I think it's Taylor Hawkins is doing the callback vocals back to him. Yep. When he, someone is singing the verses behind the chorus at yes. the end on the outro. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I think it's a, a decent song. Uh, I don't know if I would open it with it because it's not, in my mind, one of the best on this album, but it's a good song. I, I like it. So that's track one. Let's okay. go track two and see if Sonny looks for a rope. So as Zeus shared, the whole album's credited the whole band. So they all have to take equal blame. <laughs> I would say I like the topic of giving someone just enough rope to hang themselves. I would say two songs in, that's apropos. I may need some rope. I will tell you the riff is good. When the two guitars started at the beginning and it was different in each ear, I'm like, oh my God, this song does not, not going to have much hope. Because it was just, it was weird and distracting to me and i couldn't put the vocal and the two weird guitars together the verse just kind of felt off and i get it it's on purpose and it's supposed to be alt rock but i'm gonna keep it simple simple stupid guy so i that uh, that don't do it for me i will tell you i liked the dual vocal with dave and uh dave and taylor in the verses i thought that was cool i thought the chorus was good but the problem is the rest of the song is just too weird I thought the rip it out thing with the drum thing in the middle was good, but then didn't like anything after the drum thing. So the parts of the songs that I liked didn't hold up to the parts of the songs I absolutely hated. So to me, it just kind of ended up meh. Yeah, this song, I, this is the first song I heard because it, it was the single that was released. Um, it, it's funny, Sonny, because I have in my notes too that Taylor Hawkins is doing like a Anton Fig rip it out little impersonation there which i thought was fantastic dave even acknowledges it 
um, and Chris Shiflett, the, they, they, they even kind of acknowledge this in some notes here where it says, what my guitar is doing over the bass makes no sense. It does, but you don't know how. He says, it's kind of illogical in a way to your ear, which is interesting because the song, it is, it is, it's, it's a weird rhythmic thing. What's going on with the, the, the instruments don't seem like they're working together, but they are. But again, for me, this is when he, this is when he just puts it all together with just another incredibly melodic hooky chorus. You get, you get Taylor Hawkins just crushing it during the chorus with the cymbals and the drums, he's just nailing it. And I, and I love, I just, I love when Dave's voice gets like really powerful and melodic, you know, not the screaming, not the kind of the, the low grumble that you have during the verses here. The verses here are really interesting, but I, I just, I don't know. It's Foo Fighters. I, I just, I think it's a great song. I, 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 I love what they're doing here. So rope, it was the lead single. It made it to number 68 on billboards, hot 100. It was the year-end number one rock song for 2011. It debuted at number one on the rock chart. It stayed there for 20 weeks until it was replaced by Walk. It's got a quirky beginning. I don't know what the fuck is going on there. Yep. Uh, The dual vocals that I talk about here, Dave and Taylor, you guys had mentioned, I thought was pretty cool. But it's almost like the Robert Palmer song. (laughs) A couple of his Robert Palmer songs, the way they're singing the the lyrics it's like yep. that song clues or didn't mean to turn you on it's like a yeah. subdued version of him and you know what he really sounds like so this is just a weird kind of way it, it comes out yep. and then the whole choke scream <laughs> we had a kid in college that that threatened somebody remember him yeah of course like, i'm Choker. gonna fucking choke you <laughs> yeah he became choker for the last like two yeah. years of our college career the Nina, the Pinta, and the Choco Maria. Yep. That was his name. Al Santa Maria. Remember? We used to That's call right. him the Choco Maria because yeah, he was going to choke people out. He literally said, I'm going to choke you. I don't even remember who he said to her. Like, fuck it. Settle down, choker. <laughs> Anyways, I like the chorus. I like the lyrics. They're very smart. Okay. Yeah. The solo is very grungy. Overall, good song. Album's improving from what I hear so far. Um, oh. We got to take a step back. We didn't talk about the vi- the videos. Every fucking song has a video on this album. Yeah, yeah, they're... but some of them are fan videos, so I didn't watch the fan videos. So yeah, in the, terms of official, I found most yeah. of them were official though. So even on Bridge Burning, there's like a little girl bored at a fucking party. Yeah, and some creepy old guy with uh, fucking. Then she's at a table with like a Tucker Carlson looking like fucking idiot. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it either. Just so yeah. now you get to this video. This is like an art kind of project video performance with the colors and the white and the black. I yep. thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, d- d- Dave needs to get back to doing the videos like with Learn to Fly when he was like doing like the Mentos commercial and he was oh, playing all a few the- of those. No, yeah. I know those are the videos I like. Don't get don't get all artsy with me, Dave. I thought this was uh, pretty cool, though. I mean, it's not bad. No, no, it's not bad. It's not bad. But the one thing I want to make a mention is like they becomes and, and they do this with a lot of other bands. The solo comes on, and they're showing Dave Whale. Yeah, why isn't the fucking camera on the guy doing the solo? Because Dave does a lot of the soloing too. Sometimes, it, but he's not soloing. He's not the right. One doing right. He's just playing. They'll show the, the he, clip of the guy barely. Yeah. Then they show the rest of the band playing. Like the fuck, right. dude. Give somebody else some limelight. Right. Anyway, Sonny. 
I actually loved this video. I there was something about, I've always loved watching bands rehearse in a circle. Yes, right? so that whole circle thing, and then loved the black silhouettes. I loved that the video was black and white without being black and white. Yep, um, they look great. Like this video, I'm watching it, going, "Wow, this is a really cool video." And when I got done with the video, I'm like, "Fuck, I listened to the song again." Yeah, <laughs> right. So <laughs> some of these videos, and we'll talk about a few later too. They've got it figured out to where, kind of like the Beastie Boys did. It's like, watch this video. Our song, maybe you don't love, but you will listen to the song while this video is going because the video keeps you interested. Yep. Yeah, I ended up liking some of the songs better because I watched the video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Than I did when I just heard it. Um, I don't know something visual makes you the song pop and stuff let's go to song number three So the guitar melody starts this time and it did give the song some hope. So I'm like, all right, the verse guitar melody, you know, versus a drum off time. Alyssa, I'm like, God damn it. They're just just distracting from the vocal melody. Like cut that out. But then the chorus was awesome. Right. So I'm like, okay, there is something different with this song. So there was this Bob mold, whatever the mold, whatever his name is, Husker do. I don't know anything about Husker do and sugar and sugar. Sugar is a really cool nineties alternative band. Yeah. So I stopped listening to this album, go to Husker do tried like the top five songs on Spotify. Yeah. Bob's playing acoustic right around the corner here in a couple of months from now. Yeah. Um, I won't be going because yeah. the Husker do stuff. Sucks. Husker do is weird. Husker do is like, like really like all, like before all became like popular and then uh, sugar college music. Yeah, exactly. And then sugar became yeah. a little bit more alternative poppy stuff. So yeah. 
Okay. So then I'm like, all right, I like this song. So I'm trying to figure out what the song's about from the lyrics. So I'm like, I can't figure it out. So I start doing some research, read somewhere. It might be about Rosemary Carroll, who was Courtney Love's divorce lawyer and thought that Kurt was murdered. I read somewhere it might be about a husband who murders their wife. Read somewhere it might be about a teacher's crush. I kind of got suicide attempt out of it. Um, so I really liked the lyrics. And I loved the way the song ended too. So overall, I didn't think I could actually say this about a Foo Fighters song, but I actually like this song. Now, this is a stunning development because this is not one of the stronger tracks on the album for me. Which I find interesting. It's it's good. It's 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 a lot more like brooding. It's not as poppy and ripping as you know the other songs that we've heard so far, which is fine. Bob Mold for all the stuff that he can do or whatever. I, I really think when he starts chiming in vocally at the end, I think it's distracting because it sounds like he's like he's like there, Rosemary. Like it's like it uh, doesn't fit. Like I mean, I get it. Like. Dave idolizes Husker Du and Bob, and I just and again, it's only at the near the end when Bob chimes in. But I'm like, it 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 was just it stood out so badly that it just didn't fit. But that's not even my problem with the song. I just think it, it's an it's an okay song. Look, I, look, I like anything the Foo Fighters do. Everything they do has some kind of melody, and I love Dave's vocals. But just compared to the first two songs that were out of the gate blazing, this this one is just a little bit okay for me. I put this as another straightforward uh, rock song. Um, and I, I like the, to me, it's an earworm. You got away, got away, yeah. got away from me. Uh, it's kind of haunting. I like the lyrics. Uh, and then I put down, whoever starts with the callback on the bridge has the worst Joycey voice. That's it. I knew you were going to say that. This, messing this song up. Because it's not Taylor Hawkins back. I'm like, that doesn't sound like him. Bob Mould. Just like, it didn't fit. Zeus, as soon as I was listening to this song, I said, I can't wait till we talk about this because me and Zeus are going to say this is Joycey backing vocals. Yeah. It's like somebody put somebody who can't sing to do the backing. Like, (laughs) hey, yeah, my Ace is going to get a great album. I do backing vocals on it. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. That's yep. what that's what it is. Someone putting their boyfriend or her, their cousin on the album to sing a song. Like, oh, yep. it doesn't. It did. It was pretty bad. But yep, the song like is good. So remember what we were talking about? I, I saw the videos, and I would like songs more. The video made me like this song. It it starts with like a suicide warning mission. I didn't realize it was suicidal stuff. It's haunting this good looking couple and the lyrics and they're fighting in between them. I don't know who that Asian woman in this video was, but goddamn, that woman's hot. Kayla Sarayan. S-A-R-I-A-N. Nice. Dude, she's hot. She was hot as fuck. Yeah, very hot. Yep. There's something about actors singing the words to the song. Yeah. Like lip syncing the song. I really like that. When her arms first became black, I yeah. thought we were going the Venom route. Oh, Jesus. I thought they were going the superhero Venom <laughs> yeah, route. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But it was after the video. I'm like, oh, this is this song is absolutely about a suicide attempt because I got the same thing out of the video. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. The lyrics at the end, if you look back and you're like, you're, you know, dear Rosemary, it's like a letter, and then they end the video with like some sort of a letter written or something like that. Yep. Right. Yep. So, anyways, 
Let's go to the next track. for this so foo's metal side uh the minute the vocal started i'm like what the fuck indecipherable screeching verses unnecessary screaming basically everything i hate about metal speed metal power metal motorhead alt rock all in one song (laughs) the only glimmer of hope is a bit in the pre-chorus it gets catchy for about 10 seconds Supposedly the lyric was written lyrics were written in two minutes. Sounds like it. If you're wondering what a day glow thong is, it's one of those <laughs> bright, skinny, skimpy thong things that are worn by men or women, depending on we wear them. Uh, we know, wear them. Way we, you go. we wear them on the cruise. Yeah. Yeah. Won the Grammy for best hard rock metal performance. So Which I'm is like, what? What, what the, the fuck? fuck? Yes. Right. So here was the competition. Okay. Some 41 blood in my eyes. Terrible. Megadeth pub, public enemy. Number one Mastodon curl of the burrow dream theater backs of angels Four Baruto. That's fucking what songs rough era for rock and metal. Yeah. Yeah. This is DAF. This is desperate as fuck yeah. for the Grammys. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, this song is in the running for the absolute worst song in yes! history. Yes. This is so fucking bad. Yes. This oh, is so, so not on ARC in recording in history. history. In yes. my entire life. I've heard Bango Tango songs <laughs> that are not as bad as this. This is unbelievably bad. See, this is what I love. I'm, as I've been listening to this, I mean, again, I've been listening to this album since it came out, but spending like excessive amounts of time with it for the episode, I'm like, I can't wait to hear <laughs> the reporting on white limo first of all vocally i get it dave was kind of being a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek like metal guy like the distorted lyrics i get it musically i think the song absolutely fucking rips i think it's a relentless ripping upbeat rock metal punk whatever i think i love it i love the music i think the guitars are incredible like i love when it starts off when the drums kicking and you hear him just go like and then it just turns into like this song i'm like this is why I love the Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl. They can do all these weird things. And this song's fucking weird. The the distorted lyrics, whatever. I mean, 
completely indecipherable. And that's the point. Um, I think it's a fucking catchy song. It's cool. I mean, it's not a song that I go to often when I'm listening to the Foo Fighters, but I think musically it rips and I just, you know, I take it for what it is. I think it's Dave just kind of being a little bit kind of with a smirk on his face for this one. All right. So this was the second single, as you guys mentioned, won the Grammy Best Hard Rock Metal uh, Performance in 2012. Uh, This is heavy Nirvana-like screaming. Yep. Sounds like Ty Cobb from Soundgarden. They're just Ooh, yeah, it's a, barking out lyrics. That's a good one. Words. Yeah, I mean, it. hearing this originally, I'm like, oh, what a ripoff this is. And it just fucking grew on me. Yep. It grew and grew. <laughs> I love the pre-chorus when it changes from screaming to singing. Yes. Uh, I'm just like, how the fuck is he going to be able to perform this song live? How the fuck do you perform this at all? And then I remember like seeing somewhere where he was talking about, oh, we did all this album live, you know, recording this and stuff. How the fuck do you record that live? The distorted fucking megaphone type lyrics. I mean, vocals, excuse me. Um, it's just relentless is a word that I think of. It just nonstop. And it grew on me. And one of the reasons it grew on me was because of that video. Where it's like fucking Lemmy in a white limo, driving yep. around drunk, smashing into like this guy in a retro outfit, listening to a Walkman. Then they stop and pull over and pick up the rest of the band, and Lemmy's driving like a fucking idiot. And then all of a sudden, they see Pat Smear in the corner like a drug dealer. He jumps in, yep. and then there's this chick. And next thing you know, she's in the front with Lemmy. And next thing you know, the car goes off the fucking back. But in the middle of this, during the lyrics. They cut back to the band in the car singing and screaming out what fucking the lyrics are in the song. And I'm like, holy shit, I fucking like this now. And it really grew on me thanks to the video. They did play this on the Wasting Light tour that me and Murph saw at the Garden. They played almost the whole, they, they, they played almost the whole, it was awesome. It was actually better because the lyrics were decipherable. You could hear it. So the, the, the music vocals. ripped. Yeah, the vocals, the vocals yeah. you could you could hear. So it actually kind of gave it a little bit of a different flavor. But yeah, they played almost this entire album on the Wasting Light tour. Yeah, I fucking loved it. I ended up nice. loving this song. Nice. Yeah, the video was good. Um, yeah, that hot girl at the end, yeah. dude. That's Grohl's wife. That's Jordan. Yep. Oh wow, that's funny. Yeah. Wow. Uh, they drove off because the song sucked. I would have done. Ah, Jesus Christ! There we go. <laughs> we gotta we gotta go through five or six more songs. <laughs> Fuck it, I had enough. We'll pull a Selman Louise here, just fucking yeah. end it. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next track. <laughs>
Alandria. So supposedly songs about the suburbs of Alexandria, Virginia, where Dave lived, mm-hmm. the push and pull of where he lived, hated the place, but it's my home. So I do love it. I think that's pretty cool. Yep. Drums were awesome in this song. The dynamics are great. I do like the vocal, just the vocal with a little bit of guitar, and then it kind of builds into uh, the full verse to the chorus. But then it built to that fast alt rock shit, fuzz pop uh, that I just don't love. But Grohl kind of has it figured out, like put it a, the shittiest song ever made in recorded history, and then put this song that I don't hate too much. So because it was just 10 million percent better than the shit we just listened to. That part in the chorus where he says, you ain't what I mean. I even read the lyrics because mm-hmm. sometimes I can't figure out what he's saying, right? No. And you know how you think you hear something else? Because I thought he was saying you and what army? That's what Me I too. thought. He was That's what it sounds yes. like. Yes. So then yes. I, yeah. But you know how when you go to the lyrics, you read it and then you yep. go listen again, you go, oh, I can see how that says it. Yeah. I still only heard you win what army me too i don't think it is you ain't what i mean i think it is you win what army because that would make sense in the song too i agree um so overall this song was okay to me but it could be recency bias of the shitty song we had just heard nice okay we'll take it uh this is a perfect example of one of the things i love about foo fight is the gradual build up the instruments get kind of grow a little bit the vocals grow a little bit. It builds up. It's like he's like building. It's like he's building the song in real time as you're listening to it. And I, I, I like I think the chorus is just it's a ripping, roaring chorus. You know, I like it. The br- the bridge is fan. He has such a great way to to bridge into a chorus. I, I just think he's I think he's so friggin skilled as a songwriter. It's one of the reasons why I've just been with this band since day one. Cool song. Different. Good follow up to White Limo. I haven't mentioned this yet, but we talk about this sometimes on ARC, or I like to bring it up in terms of like track listing. This is one of the worst ordered track listing albums we've ever listened to because it is so top heavy. For me personally, it is so top heavy with the second tier quality songs in the bottom half of this album is where I mean, we'll get the bottom half of this album is where it, it stands out. I, I think that I think this is such a disjointed track listing that I think it makes the listening. That's why what you that's why, honestly, when I listen to this album, I listen to it on shuffle. I, I love the whole album, but I, sometimes I don't I don't prefer the order that it's that it's released. in. But anyways, Arlandria, I like it a lot. Good song. They actually released this as a single in the UK. It was the fourth single there. When I saw this and heard the song, like a fucking other stupid bad woman named song about fucking that I've never heard named My- Arlandria. And then I'm like, oh, it's about a village in <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck. You I thought it was like Shandy 2.0? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I literally wrote Shandy. <laughs> um, I love the pre chorus. Yeah. Uh, you used to say, no, no, no. Yeah. He uses the kid phrase. Shame, shame, go away, or fame, fame, go mm-hmm. away. Uh, I like the build up on the last verse where he just starts screaming. Good song, really good song. Yeah. Uh, the video is another one of those like, what the fuck are we doing? I can't believe who the record company is like. Put all this money in to do every video yep. for almost every song, and they're like budget move. They're not like simple. There's a lot of shit. Yeah, they're going like on they're like things. short films. Like it's weird. Yeah. yeah. There's a bunch of vigilantes chasing this dude down in San yeah. Francisco. I I don't fucking know. 
Yeah, I don't care. Well, I thought it was supposed to be Virginia because I, I, I'm like, that doesn't say anything about Virginia to me. I don't know how much mafia is in San Francisco, so I thought maybe it was New York. Yeah, but, but those imaginary figures, Cybertronic, the Mystic, Kabuki Girl, Keymaster, and Piece of Avenger. <laughs> I do gotta say, it's kind of cool that Dave doesn't take himself too seriously. Oh, and never. These videos are fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's and, a and- lot of work. These are all a lot of work and money. The and, fuck? And the funny thing I love about Dave too is he's not he's kind of like a dork. Like he like he, you know, he he's a huge Kiss fan. He loves Rush. Like he's a pop culture guy. Like he he just you could tell with these videos that like what does this have to do with anything and he's like, "You know what? It has not it has nothing to do with nothing. That's why I'm going to make it." He doesn't fucking care. Yeah. All right. These days we're going to sing a, we're going to review these days. These days, the ground will drop out from beneath your feet. One of these days, your heart will stop and play its final All right, so the foo approach to a ballad, kind of a weird time signature at times, almost felt a little Zeppelin to me. Drums are killer on this song. The vocal at the beginning is awesome. I could listen to Grohl like that for a full album. Mm -hmm. So on this one, I like the verses. I like the pre-chorus, but I didn't like the chorus because (laughs) that pause before that's easy for you to say, to my ear, would have been cool if the vocal is clean afterwards versus that fucking screaming and yelling that absolutely ruined the chorus and the song for me. And then I'm like, wait a second. This thing is too close to my hero. I I can't listen to this. Then I'm like, all right, the song's going to end subtly. It should about 408. And then you get another Hmm. minute of screaming. Like I'm just at the end. I'm like, God damn, there was things about this song I liked. But then the stuff I didn't like overweighed what the stuff I liked. So I probably never listened to this song again. 
although there was stuff I liked about it. I, 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 it's rare for me to be speechless. How the fuck do you not like that? This is the most basic melodic verse chorus verse. That chorus is horrible. Oh that course is, is shitty beyond this shit. This is this is the guy that listens to Bullet Boys, and you're shitting on Foo Fighters choruses. That's my, right. br- my brain can't compute. My brain Art is, is a rock is one thousand percent better than this. Oh my god! Honest. Now, now I'm starting to think that you were dropped as a child, and you have some kind of undiagnosed brain damage that we don't know about. I don't. I don't know what's happening here. Ah, ah, all right. Let me back up and start over because you got me all flustered. So this song is I, this song has always been so a, anytime I go for a run I don't know how, I don't know why I, th- this song is always the very first song in my playlist probably because it starts out nice and quiet and slow and then slowly builds I just I've always loved it I just think it's it's pure melody it's pure hook the chorus it, this is exactly what I it's funny the things that Sunny doesn't like are exactly what I do like I like how it says easy for you to say boom and then he kind of like he has like that controlled scream it's not like a fucking axle scream it's just like an energetic emotive type of scream and then he pulls it back and then gets back into a really really nice groove with the drums taylor's a freaking monster on this song he's a monster and everything some of his drum fills at the end of each lyric is, is just really adds a little bit of an earworm to it i just think it's a fantastic song i think it's one of the i think it it shows what foo fighters can really do well for me all right so this was the fourth single fifth in the uk number two uh, I went to number two for rock and alternative. So when I put the album on first time through, I usually, you know, I'm always loving it. If something sticks out and I'm like, Oh great. I can't wait to get back to this song. Well, this song was the song that did it for me on this album. It happens a few times. And then there are other ones that I'll just play the whole album. I'm like nothing sticks out. This whole album sucks. <laughs> but this song, I, I mean, I, I gotta say, it it's got to catch your attention when you play this. It yeah. really does. Uh, Grohl says it's his favorite song he's ever written. Wow, which is pretty big. I I just think I I can't describe it. It's the lyrics, the vocal melody. I thought the chorus is okay. I don't have a problem with it. It's just a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Now the video, it's like a build up to a concert behind the scenes look, a little wanted dead out of alive kind of thing it's pretty cool seeing that yeah seeing dave with his family kissing them goodbye showing up the fucking setting up the stage then rocking out them walking what it's like to walk out there and behind the curtain and then going and seeing that huge stadium full of people yep and then uh kind of relaxing and kidding around off stage afterwards i thought it was really good yeah i, I like videos like this where they're really not trying to do like some kind of art mini movie you know, it, it's it's the band, but it, it's not just a performance video. There's a little bit of there's a little bit more to it. So I th- I, th- I thought that was kind of cool. And you can One tell other- you can tell that these guys like legitimately like each other. Like like yeah. they're, they're the most like smiley band like around. So one other thing, I, I, it was kind of haunting when the when he starts off at the beginning slow melody. You know, one of these days he says, "Your heart will stop." Yep, and that's the clip. Of obviously not done it right on Taylor, yeah, right there, and that yeah. part is just him smiling back there, yeah, some black and white footage on this drums, and you're like, oh shit, I know yeah. they didn't plan that, but wow, yep. yep, yeah, these type of videos they're humanizing, yeah, exactly, right? because to a to a fan, you don't know if these guys are human, you don't know, you know what they're made of, you don't know if you want to meet them, 
and the, these kind of videos where you see actual personality, it makes you feel like, oh, maybe that dude would be cool to hang out with someday. And, uh, you know, all, the other thing this video, these type of videos do is they're one of the biggest bands in the world, right? Yep. So if you see the video, you're like, well, how come I'm not in these guys? Maybe these guys got something, right? Yep. So yeah, it, uh, it does it for a lot of bands. I think it's a good idea to have at least one of those videos uh, because it just shows off who you are. Yeah, speak real quick. Speaking of humanizing, that's that documentary that I mentioned back and forth about the making of. There's a really cute scene where Dave is in his garage rehearsing, and his daughter comes up, like his little daughter. She's like five, six, whatever years old. She comes up and she kind of taps him on the shoulder, interrupt him because she wants to go swimming, and she doesn't. You know, she doesn't. She just thinks daddy's playing the guitar, but you know, and it's just like it's like that. It's probably staged, who knows, for the documentary, but it's one of those humanizing kind of cute things like this is just like a regular guy. You know, he's famous and he's in a band, but he's just a guy with a kid who who wants to go swimming. You know, it's just just kind of cool stuff like that. I think is neat. Gotcha. All right. Let's go back and forth to the next track. Once upon a time, I was somebody else in another life. I saw myself way back then, back when I was new. Somewhere down the line, I started to slip. Years gone by, biting my lip all the while. All this time I knew. Now you're on your own, one through the pages of Back and forth. Um, I like that it started immediately. Again, like that the verse kind of built from basically just the vocal into that full production. So we get about a minute in, and I'm like, all right, there was no screaming yet. Not yet. All right, so we're about three minutes in. I'm like, please, 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 no fucking screaming. No fucking screaming. Please, 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 please. Thank you, Mr. Grohl, for not screaming in this song. I appreciate you because I actually enjoyed this song a little bit better. You know, I read this review. It said, uh, it's the Foo Fighters doing late era replacements. Think, don't tell a soul. Mm-hmm. And it's an, it's an unpretentious blast of energy that's slick, but boisterous enough to feel like a late night college party. It's also another example of how a band can write exceptionally, exceptionally great verses and super good choruses or vice versa, a back and forth conundrum. I don't know if all that is accurate to me. I would say it was pop. It was very cheap trick. Um, it's better than most cheap trick I've heard. So mm-hmm. who's got that going for it? The part that I hated. 
because there's always a part that I hate because I'm for doing some reason roll does this. I'm like, what the fuck? Dude, like I actually was enjoying the song. Why is it at the nerve? I don't understand. I'm with you, dude. I think this is a this is a really great song for me. Again, the hook, the melody, the chorus. It's it's I love how each line of lyrics for the opening verse, again, it's a song that builds a little change in the drums of what of what Taylor's doing until it grows. And then that you got a lot of nerve. And then near the end of the song, he does it like he doubles back. I'm like, Dave, what the fuck? Why would you do this song so far is checking off every box. You got the chorus, the hook, the melody, the drums, the groove. Everything is great. And then you just you you're pissing on this song here. Like and, and it's and it's so funny because every time this song comes, I'm like, oh, I love back and forth. Ah, oh, I gotta get through that part where he fucks up with nerve. I'm like, ah, yeah, frustrating for because it's like, other than that, I think it's a great song. The, the backing harmonies are really great during the chorus, but he just kind of uh, throws a wrench in there with that one. So back and forth, it's just a typical pop rock song, especially on the chorus. It's fun. The lyrics are pretty cool, and it's obviously became the name of the Foo Fighters documentary of which Tom has been mentioning. I like it. It's kind of like a, I don't know, almost like a '60s Kinks Beatles kind of catchy pop like song, p- power pop. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a decent song. All right, it's a matter of time before Sonny blows up on this album even more. Here we go. So a matter of time when the song started with that fast guitar picking, I'm like, oh no, here we go. Fucking punk alt rock shit. Then the verses start and I'm like, all right, I kind of like that melody and the two different guitar parts in the ears were actually working on this one. And then it gets to the, it doesn't matter much to me. It doesn't matter much to you. Ooh. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, what? 
ace. <laughs> gotta do. Like, so it's like this thing. And then I didn't like the overall chorus either. And it's like all these melodies that are at times really pop hooky. He tries to add an aggression, which first of all, to me, isn't always sold that well. And then as Dave gets older and richer and bigger and playing to God and everybody sells less and less. So unless something kind of catches my ear with it, the aggression plus the melody doesn't work for me. Like it works in stuff like disturbed, but it's almost done on purpose and like this halting way that that Dave sings. But here it doesn't sell for me. And then that middle part at 315, I'm just like, I don't need that either. So I was like, it had hope. And then the minute it went, ooh, I'm like, all hope is gone. And then I hated the rest of the song. All right. So we Sonny and I agree on a couple of things. I do think that the ooh is a little bit weird. It's almost like some kind of it's almost like he's throwing in like some kind of new wave. Ooh, like, dice like, thing. Yeah, like some like some kind of weird influence. But again, I like how the song it's it's another song I mentioned a couple times, but I have to because this is what they're doing. It there's the song is like growing. He's adding different things, and then I lo- the the bridge is cool, except for the ooh. But then I love the ripping proper chorus. I think it's great. And then he pulls back and then gets into the verse number two. I don't know. Obviously, Sonny and I have I get it with different tastes, different preferences for the kind of music that we like. But I don't know. Foo Fighters scratch my itch for that that hook and that melody and they just they do they do it again on this one this is another standout for me matter of time another pop rock song i put it's like it's got some fun verses but i'm not a fan of that pre-chorus it doesn't matter much to me i think it just it doesn't work (laughs) it's dice it's weird uh, but the chorus is better. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, that's catchy. It's, yeah. It sticks with you. The video is a bunch of fuck. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like for this m- mediocre song in the middle of this album, <gasps> they put all this fucking time and effort into this video with them as old people, like in a fucking yeah. playing bingo, doing stupid faces and hamming it up for the camera. What the fuck? Who who yeah. greenlight this? Who, who from the record? Yeah, sure. Throw some money at this. It was fucking I think ridiculous. The, I think that, like we said earlier, they can pull it off because they're, they're one of the biggest bands in the world. They're just fucking, they can do whatever they want. There, there's really no, but you're right. Why are they doing it? Like, do, do the Foo Fighters need all these videos? No, they don't. It, that That's a lot of money and effort that went into that video. Yeah, yeah. but it might be like the Rob Zombie thing where Grohl likes the acting and exactly. the part of the video that are two to three minutes and the creativity yep. Yep. that it creates where maybe he didn't get to really draw the picture in the song. He gets to draw the picture on the video. Fair. No, you're right. You're right. Use your own fucking money to do your own home videos to this shit. If I'm the record company, it ain't fucking it album. You really, platinum. you, 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 you really think selling the, that much for this shit. Dude, what do you think? The record company's going in the couch cushions looking for coins to make videos for the Foo Fighters. I mean, come on. Who, pay, who pays for the video? Do you think the record company isn't making money from the Foo Fighters? With they make the record company. I don't know how much they're making, but I don't think they're making it off their touring. That's where Dave and them are making all their money off the fucking huge tours. The record sales itself isn't doing much. I'm just saying that's a fucking lot of money to do 
and 11 videos is all I'm saying. And a lot of effort into these videos. These aren't like just like performance videos. So I, I, it's just a lot. I'm just surprised. Don't get me wrong. I have no sympathy for record companies. They rip off artists all the time. So good for them if they can get this. You know, and then again, you're right. The biggest rock band out there. So they got to fucking please them. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> These t- song lyrics, I, I, I can only imagine where Sonny's going to go. Uh, Miss the Misery is next. the misery all right so i saw that fee wable was involved and i'm like all right maybe this thing has hope because yeah, I tubes like the tubes i like yeah. the tubes and i will tell you that i really tried to like these songs i wanted to be wrong right i was like forget about your bias about what you think the food fighters are can you just listen to this album and not worry about whether Nirvana or anybody else, just listen to the song. And I get it. Rose talented, seems like a genuine guy. I just don't like the feel of the songwriting. And all I heard in Miss the Misery is circa 2000s Nirvana. Arena rock song, I'm sure the energy comes off great live. I'll never see it because I don't give a fuck. And all of the songs have something weird in them. Either it's with a music or or the vocal melody, and it's always kind of this scream and aggression. I just didn't like this song either. Like, I, I just, I really tried, I swear. I just couldn't get into it. No, I know. You just, you know, you have a terrible taste in music. It's okay. I mean, people are, you know, the, the people are figuring that out. It's okay. I like this song because it's very different. It's grungy. It starts off very heavy and grungy, and the rest of this album is not grungy at all. Foo Fighters isn't grunge. This album, they kind of tap into that 
that grunge. The chorus for me is kind of a little wonky here. It's not one of his better choruses, which is kind of surprising for me to say, because I think that's a strength of Dave and the Foo Fighters. Uh, during the verses, again, another compliment to Taylor. What Taylor Hawkins is doing with the symbols, it, it's weird because we talk about earworms. I think what he's doing with the symbols during the verses is like an earworm to me. L- l- listen to that when you listen to it. I think the bridge is a little bit off. Musically, I like it because it's kind of stomping and it's heavy and it's not as poppy and new wave-ish or whatever as some of the other songs. But I, I-, I like this one. It might not be like a standout, but I, I do like this one. Miss the Misery. I don't hear Nirvana at all on this song. It's a mid-tempo rock song. Uh, they do say Wasting the Light. I always like finding albums. Yes. That the title of the album is somewhere in the middle of a song. Yep. And it's yep. not the song title. In the, So Wasting Light is in the lyrics. Like, of all his catchy, hooky songs, like, this is the least. Yeah. Like, it's okay. It's not a bad song, but it doesn't do anything for me. And uh, the video is uh, like an actor's class. Yeah, weird, weird shit. Yep. A couple and a woman disappears into the wall and paint and the guy's freaking out. Like, it looks like fucking theater art in the local town uh, community group or something. Yeah. All yeah. of the art that I loved on rope and how that was done. I actually hated it on this video. I'm like, what is that, dude? Yeah, Come on. yeah. Really, really, it's almost trying a little too hard, which is weird because the Foo Fighters don't usually do that with their videos. Yeah, and it's not, it's like the opposite. Like, I didn't like this couple, like the Dear Rosemary couple. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Bring bring back that hot Asian good girl, and maybe <laughs> I would like this. All right. I should have known maybe uh, uh, Sonny's going to shit on this next song. Let's go to that. Well, it wouldn't be the Foo Fighters album review if he wasn't. Damn. 
I should have known. <laughs> I should have known you were going to hate this I, album. As I said, <laughs> I'm not a huge alternative rock fan. I am a huge ballad fan. And alternative rock bands don't normally do great ballads either. So the song was moody, definitely darker. The vocal at the beginning was great. And then the screaming here actually sold the pain a little bit on this song. I read somewhere this song's not about Kurt. Bullshit. This song is about Kurt. The violin stuck out. I thought the song ended great. Overall, I thought Grohl actually sold this song really well. I would say this is one of the best alternative rock ballads I've ever heard in my life. Mm, wow. Yeah, this one here, this is, I said this at the beginning of the episode about the emotion of Dave, and it's not, it's, uh, it's not forced. It's not pretend. It's not anger for the sake of anger. Uh, he is pouring his heart out on this one. There's the emotion is raw. You can feel it when he's saying, though, I cannot forgive you. It's, it's, it hits. Uh, there's stories about this being about Kurt. There's another story about this being about one of his childhood friends named Jimmy Swanson, who died of a drug overdose in 2008. And Dave saying he should have known it was going to happen because of the friendship that he had with him and the life he had with him. But when he, when he pours out the fact, you know, though I cannot forgive you like ah, that, it's a tough listen. Um, th- this is this is a good song. It's it's not a song that you're going to go back on and listen to. You know when you're having a cookout or something. But uh, I think this is Dave really showing a strong side of him when he can when he can be emotional. I should have known. It's got the slow build up, repeating. I should have known. Uh, it's a pretty good song vocally for Dave, especially as he goes nuts towards the end and he is getting passionate. I feel it's really genuine. I just. It, I don't know. I'm not that big of a fan of the song. It's not catchy mm-hmm. uh, as far as like melodic and stuff. It's just a depressing type of song, but yeah. it, it, it works because he sings well. So yeah. the video, I, again, whatever we said in the last video, this one is a puppet mayor going around town doing stupid shit. I, <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? Yep. Yeah, I watched it's the weird. video for about a minute and i'm like i can't watch this video it's ruining the song for me I'm yeah. Like, I can't yeah it's true you brought you guys both bring up interesting points how videos can add or subtract from your enjoyment of the song it's yeah it's true this th- imagine if this was done right yeah i'd probably like the song better yeah seeing this it like detracts from the lyrics and the vocals and the passion that he's putting out it's like what the fuck is this stupid Muppet guy doing. What are you talking about? I'm a big fan of the Foo Fighters. So think about that. If MTV was four years in, yeah, when Kiss starts in '74, yeah, dude, Kiss is bigger than the Rolling Stones, possibly bigger than the Beatles. Oh God, Paul's right. You you listen to music with your eyes too. That is part of the thing. Can you imagine? You're right. Can you imagine if Kiss had videos from their debut album all oh the way God. through? They'd have I mean, Diamond Records. I care you're right. Me. You're right. Absolutely true. I always look at. It, I always think of it as like Love Gun. 
is like the big anticipated album. By that point, they were already the yeah. biggest. Could you imagine them doing a video opening up with I Stole Your Love, a video yeah, for oh that? Right. People like, would be so like lo- fucking Love Gun would go like off the charts. Yeah, right? you're right. Yep. Yep. Anyways, let's finish this with the last song on the album. Signal in the distance to whom it may concern. I think I lost my way. Getting good at starting over every time that I. So walk. I had never heard the song before. So song starts four seconds in. I hit pause. I'm like, wait, I've heard that. I listened to that first four seconds, like 20 times. I could not figure out what the hell I was hearing. I'm like, I hear something. I cannot go to the rest of the song until I figure out what that song is. And I took a couple of shots of what I thought the song was. Went to go listen to it on Spotify. I'm like, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. When I get into that, dude, I can't even think. So the yeah. next person I text is Tony. Tony, yeah. look, can you listen to the first four seconds? You don't got to listen to the whole Foo Fighter song. I don't want to put you through that pain. Just listen to the first four seconds and tell me what this is. He sends me back, uh, Tal Bachman, what, She's So High. I'm like, that's it. Oh, that's yes. Exactly what I was hearing. Too bad that song is unlistenable, but that's okay. Oh, I love that song. I of course you. Love that. Actually, you know what? Zeus. Cut that clip out right there. I love that <laughs> song. Tal Bachman, song. She's So she's High so is what Sonny Pony loves. So, so awesome. <sighs> All right. So Walk, the anthemic, the anthemic alt-rock closer. Drums are great. Dictionary definition of what I call an alt-rock anthem. And I absolutely hate those fucking things. I always thought these songs were meh. Because they're so fucking alt-rock, rah-rah. I just, I don't like it. I didn't like it when, 
you know, Helix was doing it. Give me an R, give me an O, give me a C, give me a K. You're right comparing the Foo Fighters to Helix spelling words. <laughs> Helix that's, might why be we, that's how far we have fallen. Helix might be better. Okay. All right. I'm not doing the guy with everybody, the, the guy with the missing teeth in his videos. Everybody, everybody, welcome to the last episode of Album Review Crew. I'm, I'm signing so, off. So this song won two Grammys: Best Rock Performance by a Group and Best Rock Song. Here were the other nominees: Radiohead, Lotus Flower, terrible. Yeah. Don't even know it. Yeah. Mumford and Sons, terrible, terrible. Decemberist, Down by the Water. Who? Coldplay, Every Teardrop is a Waterfall. Ooh, what a rough roster that is. Or brutal <laughs> song. Terrible. Desperate as fuck Grammys. Terrible. That's what this is. Terrible. I, the only thing I like about this song is about half of the chorus, where it's a little bit pop, that whole, I believe I waited long enough. That's about it. The rest of it, complete meh i hate these alt rock anthemic shits you hate fun i hate fun okay as long as we got that on record okay well so this is again why i was looking forward to this episode here because to me this is my all-time favorite foo fighter song bar by far by far Might because well to get orion you're part of the orion fucking because because to me this song incorporates everything that the foo fighters are and does it perfectly it has their greatest chorus. It has their greatest melody. It has Dave with the passion and energy. That part near the end, when he is screaming, I don't want to die. I never want to die. I'm dancing on my grave. And he just keeps building and building till it sounds like it's the, the listen to the song. It gives me goosebumps. And then the thing that is pure Dave Grohl Foo Fighters brilliance is after he's screaming bloody murder. It goes right back into, I think, their greatest chorus, that super melodic learning to walk again. I just, I think, Sonny, I get it. You don't like the Foo Fighters. That's fine. You know, there are bands that you like that I don't like. That's fine. But for for me, this is the song for, for if somebody said, what are the Foo Fighters? Can you play a song by them? Honestly, this would be the song I would play for them. This is it. Walk is the third single. It was number one on the Billboard Rock Songs, won Grammy for Best Rock Performance uh, and Best Rock Song. It also won uh, the video for MTV in 2011, Best Rock Video. I just put it's an uplifting song with some cool-ass lyrics. Love the building up at the end, the screaming, I never want to die. And supposedly, from what I understand... It is almost like the opposite of Nirvana and I hate myself and want to die, even though that That's, song is kind of a joke. So yeah. I don't know why they said that. And Pat Smear, the guitarist who played with Nirvana towards the end, yep. said it's like the opposite and it's lyrics about enjoying life and antithesis of I hate myself and want to die. Uh, and, and he says he talks about David Grohl says he talks about um, he wanted to be a little optimistic tone. Instead of the negative feelings he had when Kurt Cobain killed himself, he wanted otherwise other people to realize that you can get trapped in a crisis where you imagine there's no way out. When you really, if you dare to consider that it's a crisis, a blip on the radar, it's easier to, to push through. So yep. when you hear that, you're like, oh, I like the song even more because what he's trying to uh, show everyone in 
and talk about in his lyrics. I like the song. I think it's great. Uh, the video is like falling down the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of different funny little clips going around. Yep. It almost, again, I like the video, but it almost takes away from like the seriousness of the song. So it's funny you bring you keep you guys keep bringing this up. This is why I I haven't said this yet. But when when we watch videos for preparation for these episodes, I, I almost kind of like flip through the. I don't watch the whole thing start to, because I don't want that to happen. I don't want a song that I love or a song that I hate to be influenced by the video. So I I, I watch the video. I get the point of the video, but I don't want it to influence. I don't want it to ruin my experience of the song that I already have without the video. Yeah, the thing is, yeah. for me, I won't watch the videos until after I've already exhausted me listening to the album. Yeah, I get that. And yep. then, when, before I put my notes down, I'll watch the video, and then I'm like, oh, shit. It, it makes me change my rankings sometimes. It gives me a different perspective. Yeah, I don't watch the videos until after I've heard the album for a while and already have all my notes down. And yeah. so all my notes are done. All my thoughts are down. And then I'll watch the video so I can just kind of concentrate on the video, not have to concentrate on the song. Mm -hmm. And this was another one where I'm like, damn, the video's over. Wait, I thought I didn't like that song. I guess (laughs) that song wasn't that bad. It was the video so good. I absolutely love that movie falling down. Oh my God. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. To do a video based on that, dude, the fry hat. Do you want fries with that? That fry hat. Oh yeah. God, I was on the ground laughing. It's great. Uh, great video. Great yep. video. Yep. Well, those are the tracks. Final thoughts. Start with Tom. Uh, I, you know, it's my album. I picked it. I told you at the beginning. And I've told you throughout the, the the track reviews here. I just, I just love it. I don't love everything the Foo Fighters do. There are a couple albums that I don't find myself going back to that often. But this album has been in steady rotation for twelve years. The entire album, not just certain songs. I just think it really, it really just solidifies what, what they are as a band and, and what I want to listen to when I'm, when I'm hearing the Foo Fighters. I just think it's a, a terrific album. There's a lot of energy, tons of emotion, tons of hooks and, and pop and punk influences. And I, I just think it's a, it's a tremendous album for me. Uh, for me, yes. Dave is talented. Yes. Foo Fighters is one of the biggest bands on the planet. I like that Grohl fanboys over people he seems genuine uh doesn't seem to take himself too seriously seems like he'd be a cool guy to hang out with the band and the album is great for some people um let's be honest it's great for a lot of people it just doesn't fit my taste i'll never be able to let go of the nirvana connection and i'm just not an alt-rock guy and on this album i really liked maybe two or three songs I really hated, hated one song. The rest of them were all bottom dwellers that were a bitch to rank, and I couldn't figure out which one could be number four, which one could be number 10. Tommy, okay. Okay. I cannot forgive you yet for <laughs> making me listen to this fucking album. <laughs> but after spending almost a month with it, I have confirmed my thoughts that Foo is poo. Poor Sonny. I feel bad for you. We need to do like a clockwork orange kind of incident with you and get you to just pay attention to real music. Oh, God. Zeus. All right. So for me, I would say this. Uh, This album reminds me of 
the winery dogs hailstorm where i wasn't familiar with the album i listened to it i i come away with liking the album there's nothing though like those two albums that makes me go this out al- this one song it just stands out it's the greatest song all they're all good songs it's a bunch of good songs it's a good album i would listen to the whole album and i really wouldn't be oh i got to hear this one track i like those three bands and these three albums that I weren't wasn't familiar with and now I, I have albums that I know and like, and when they come on shuffle, I'll listen to the songs. So I'm happy I got this. I'm happy I listened to it. It's made me kind of go back and listen to my other Foo Fighters stuff. So all in all, it did its purpose, which is to kind of get you to listen to new music. Cool. Good. All right. Now comes the fun part. We rank the songs. Okay. And I will say, like Sonny, this was extremely hard not by which one is my favorite it's just like what's the fucking difference <laughs> like for a lot of these songs they're all catchy kind of pop songs mm-hmm. that you're like i found it hard uh tom do you want to go first sure uh number 11 dear rosemary Whoa. wow <laughs> right out of the gate I love this album. I mean, I still like that. Like, there's no skips. So this is a, this is one of the very rare albums on ARC where it's it's a it's a complete playthrough for me. But something's got to be last, so that's it for me. Uh, number eleven for me is one of the worst songs in music recorded history. And the problem is, it's not the worst song probably that we've ever had on ARC because we've had a lot of songs that oh, are the boy. worst recorded songs in history. White limo. Oh. How dare you? Uh, number 11 for me, and I've changed this along the way a couple times, and that is Miss the Misery. Just doesn't do much for me. Yeah, it's kind of a weird one. Uh, number 10 for me is White Limo. Uh, number 10 for me is Rope. Jack! Oh, dear Lord. Jack! Oh, God. <laughs> uh, number 10, I should have known. Uh, that is my number nine. Wow. Okay, my number nine, the bridges are burning. Oh boy, I believe that's bridge singular. Yeah. Sorry, Sorry. I thought it was beds are burning. It's a better song. (laughs) Yeah. Good. Pick midnight oil for next month. (laughs) All right. Uh, Number nine for me is bridge burning. Oh my lord. Uh, number eight for me is Miss the Misery. Number eight for me is Miss the Misery. Number eight for me is just a matter of time. Number seven for me is Arlandria. Number seven for me is Walk. Ouch. Number seven for me, Back and Forth. That is my number six. Number six for me is a matter of time. Number six for me is rope. Number five for me is matter of time. Number five for me is these days. Wow. Uh, Five for me is walk. Number four for me is bridge burning. Number four for me is back and forth. Back and to the left. (laughs) Back. And to the left. <laughs> That's Sonny when he listens to this. 
Four for me, dear Rosemary. Three for me is rope. Three for me is a land uh, Alandria. Fucking stupid song <laughs> name. Uh, three for me is Arlandria. By the way, I can't believe no one has said fucking uh, what does he call it? It's throwing ropes around yet. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, number <laughs> well, two, there you go. Number two for me these days. Uh, number two for me is I should have known. Wow. And number two for me is white limo. Love it. Wow. That's yes. a, that's an interesting one. Nice. Fucking fun song. Uh, number one for me is walk. Number one for me is dear Rosemary. Wow. That's my last and, interesting. And for me, the song stood out the first time I played it. It stayed my favorite song. And that is these days. Nice. Great song. All right, so we had a tie for two. So our top four, at number four, we got Dear Rosemary. Tied for the second spot was Walk. And is it Arlandria or Alandria? Arlandria. Arlandria, okay. And number one was These Days. And a distant, distant dead last was Miss the Misery. Wow. Interesting. Wow. So e- even though I had dear, yeah, I had dear Rosemary dead last, Sonny had it first and Zeus had it fourth. So that kind of lifted it up. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool. Wow. All right, guys. Now we go to the actual album itself and compare that to the previous albums we've reviewed. Yep. So, Tom, want to go first? Yep. So right now, my top covers. five covers are Moving Pictures. Monk on Fire, Rage Against the Machine, Blizzard of Oz, Purple Rain, and Master of Puppets. This is not a great cover by any stretch of the imagination. The color scheme is kind of cool against the black. I don't know. Is it better than Blood and Cum? Is it better than Billy Squire's Feet? I, I don't know. It's better than Billy Squire's Feet, but it's not. Might not be better than the little rainbow thing there. I'm gonna put this at. Um, I'm gonna put this at 36. All right, my top five. Five was moving pictures. Four. Monk on Fire, Rage Against the Machine. Three, Come and Get It. Two, Slide It In, One Piece of Mind. I didn't think this album cover was that bad, so I got it dead center at number 21, below Mechanical Resonance, right above the high-fiving 10. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. All right. So for me, number five, Slide It In, four, Peace of Mind, three, Appetite. Uh, two, Blizzard of Oz, one, Hotel California. Yeah, I'm like you, Sonny. I, I didn't think it was, it was that bad. So I'm going to put this right underneath Shout at the Devil and above Operation fucking Mindfuck. So this is going in at number 24 for me. Okay. Let's go to album. Okay, my top five albums. Number five, Monk on Fire, Rage Against the Machine. Number four, Shout at the Devil. Three Purple Rain, two Moving Pictures, number one Master Puppets. There will be absolutely no bell ringing on this episode. But I am struggling with this because I love this album. It's got to knock something out. Uh, This is going to go at number seven. It is go. It is going to knock down Mechanical Resonance. I I want to. It can't knock out ten. Ten's just been part of my life for 
20 extra years. So I, I just can't knock it out. So, but Wasting Light, my favorite Foo album, one of my all time favorite bands. So this is going at number seven for me for album. Whoa, that because you knocked down Mechanical Resonance, that might take Mechanical Resonance off the combined number one spot. We'll see. Oh, that's right. Interesting. Okay. Okay. All right. My top five albums, five is Appetite, four Slided In, three Hailstorm, two Purple Rain, one Black Tiger. Wasting Light is not the worst album we've ever done because that belongs to R.E.M. Okay. But I did have this ranked at number four, zero, 40. Jesus so God. it is below Jar of Flies and above Load. Wow. My and Lord. yes, Poison is better than this. Yes. Well, you do have an image to uphold, Sonny, so you're working on <laughs> upholding that. Thank you. <laughs> I am All consistent right. if nothing else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've got number five, Pyromania, four, Blizzard of Oz, three, Hotel California, two, Automatic for the People, number one, Purple. Where am I putting this? I'm going to put this at number 28, under Load, above Master of Puppets. I There's songs on Load that I will specifically want to hear okay. and, uh, and go to, whereas this album is a straight forward pretty good album and i'll listen to it okay. it's just i don't have a song that i'll run to go and listen to so i okay. put this at 28 okay so for the hate mailers just yes. want to let you know i have master of puppets ahead of wasted light by the way sunny i the, you I, i'm already prepared there's gonna be a lot of people that agree with you for some reason and Zeus food, does not just want to wait a minute wait a minute i have master of puppets 29 you have it 31 so you don't it doesn't matter bo- you don't We're talking about this album. points <laughs> Yeah, but, but this album is not something that's so off, like, oh, the Foo Fighters, how can you like them? They're the popular, most popular rock band out there these days. It's not polarizing like Bullet Boys and, and Bad English. It's not polarizing, but you'd be surprised the amount of people that have a strong, like, it's a Dave Grohl thing. That, that That's what you, okay. I'm telling. I want anybody out there listening yep. that will tell us that they would rather hear Bad English's album over this album. I seriously want to see if anybody says, yeah, I agree with Sonny. Bad English is better. And my problem isn't with Grohl, although every time I see him, I'm like, ah, Grohl. That's because I don't want my rock and the whole genre represented by this guy. I wish I get it. it was I get it one is, of and that's, my you're guys. You're right. I get right. it. Right. I wish it, it was is one right of my now. guys. But that doesn't make me hate Dave Grohl. I just don't like all rock. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. He's yeah. hard to, I mean, for me, I find him hard to dislike. He's yeah. such a nice guy. Yeah, like he nice likes, guy. and he likes, he's not like one of these, oh, only my type of music. He'll pop on pop songs, yep. speed metal, thrash, hair metal. Like he'll, he's not, yeah. he's not fighting with anybody. He, not doing- he, he did an album called The DGs. Where he covers the songs from Saturday Night Fever by the Bee Gees. It's fucking yeah, like, incredible. It is his incredible. music taste is insane. Then he'll do like a fucking huge, like alt metal album with these crazy yep. bands that he comes up with. Yep. You're like, fuck. God yep. bless him. Yep. And well, just the personality, like the Crown yeah. Royal commercials. Yeah. Right. You want to talk about an asshole. Ingve Malmstein is not going to be doing Crown Royal commercials. No. No. Yeah. And 
Paul Stanley uses him as his token. Like, look, I get credibility. Dave Grohl's my friend. Yeah. yeah. It's because Dave Grohl's too nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, he was at Paul's 70th birthday party. Yeah. Be my friend. Godfather. Like, that's what. So fucking that's because Paul Stanley was on the verge of having a Peter Brady potty. <laughs> All right. So that wraps up Foo Fighters. Now we go to this. Tom, what makes you rock hard? All right. So I listen to a a lot of podcasts and I don't listen to very many narrative podcasts. So if you're not familiar with that, so what these podcasts are that we're doing right now, these just like talk show and goof. So a narrative podcast, almost like an audio book where it's usually like one person and they're reading from a script and they're talking about like a specific topic. I don't listen to a lot of those because sometimes they can be kind of boring, but I discovered this new one on the ringer and it's called, do we get to win this time? And it's a narrative podcast about how the Vietnam movies shaped the way that we think about the Vietnam War. So it shows how Hollywood covered Vietnam. And each episode is about 45 minutes to an hour. And they focus on one or two movies because we're all kind of around the same age. And we all remember the late 70s and especially the 80s. Vietnam movie on top of Vietnam movie, whether it's Apocalypse Now or Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, you know, it gets into First Blood and like even the cheesy missing in action Chuck Norris movies. And it talks about (laughs) and it talks about how those movies really like shaped the way our generation like thought of Vietnam. And it's really this. They're very well produced. They have interviews with, you know, there's excerpts from like Oliver Stone and excerpts from even Sylvester Stallone when he was making like the Rambo movies. The author of the book, the the guy that wrote the book First Blood, talking about, you know, Full Metal Jacket clips from like William Defoe platoon. It's really well made. And I I enjoy it just because I remember growing up in that era and seeing all those movies, especially when cable TV and, you know, video rentals were like the thing. And there was you couldn't keep up. There were so many Vietnam movies. So. It's really, really well made. It's on the Ringer. I'm not sure if it's a Spotify exclusive. I know the Ringer is kind of weird with some of their new shows that they sometimes make them Spotify exclusives. Um, but it's called Do We Get to Win This Time? It's very, it's very well made. All right. So it's interesting because my rock card is also a podcast this week. Okay. So uh, both of these podcasts are hosted by the same guy. The first one's called the business side of music podcast. And it's hosted by a guy named Bob Bender been in the music business. Most of his life. I always wanted to get in the music business. It didn't work out for me, but I've always had an interest in kind of what happens behind the scenes and how the music business runs. Bob usually gets a guest to join them. And they talk about that person's specific story about how they came up and how they're staying in the music business either today or how they came up back in the day and how they're, continuing to stay in today a lot of interesting changes have happened in that business over the last 30 40 years so uh it's an interesting listen cool the other podcast he does is called two dudes talking money and music so again bob bender hosts it but he has a co-host named john adams who has a company called money concepts that's like a money managing company so This podcast covers financial stuff, stocks, bonds, investing, banking, inflation, like stuff for a simpleton like me that never made much sense. But these guys, John and Bob, like talk it in normal people terms. 
So I could actually understand what the hell all these big words meant. And then the music piece of it, they just do like the last five or seven minutes and try to pick some songs that might have titles or themes that kind of match what they talked about in that episode. I actually had an opportunity to be on that podcast a couple of weeks right. ago. Yep. Shows a completely different side of me. When I listened back to it, I was like, holy fuck, is that me? Like, what the Who's that guy? Not <laughs> ARC. Yeah. Um, but I was talking about, you know, the business that I'm in instead of talking about music. So yeah. both of these podcasts, business side and music podcast, two do- dudes talking money and music. They're easy half hour to 50 minute listens each episode. And dude, like John tells you, or not tells you, but gives you ideas of what to do with your 401k if you leave yeah. someone, yep. right? And, you know, he's not giving you advice because he can't give advice, but he's giving you all the options and right. he's in the business. So he has credibility. So it's they're pre- two pretty cool podcasts. Um, and I've been listening to them a lot over the last about year or so. And they've got some good episodes out there. Cool. All right. Zeus. All right. So for me, I'm like, what can I talk about? What do I, you know, what am I been, what have I been doing? So, and I'm like trying to fit this in. Is it a movie? Is it a TV show? Is it a music or anything? But it's a little bit of, uh, uh, off the, the beaten path. We don't usually mention this and this. And that is, I'm going to say what, uh, makes me rock hard is politics and the campaign for 2024. If anybody follows my personal stuff on Twitter, I I'm heavily involved. I I love politics. I always wanted to be involved in politics. Uh I, I enjoy the debate. I love learning. I have uh, I'm a hardcore democrat, but I have voted Republican on certain things. I'm not talking about I want people to fight politics on our show, not about that. But I I I'm a I'm a political junkie. So I watch the Republican debate I listen to all that. Then I'll tape record and I watch the analysis. I'll watch it on Fox. I'll watch it on MSNBC. I'll watch it on CNN and hear what everyone has to say about what the actual, when they actually debate and bring up issues. And then in the middle of all this stuff, you got the crazy shit going on with Trump and prison being an attorney. I find this stuff fascinating. And then there's also, you know, what's going on on uh, the Democrat side and Biden and Hunter Biden and stupid shit there. Personally, I love that shit. You guys can talk shit to me about it if you want on my personal side, not on our fucking show stuff. But that's what interests me. I love it. Only thing I will preach to everybody is get fucking involved, vote, listen, be educated. Don't be a fucking idiot. Try to find out what you like and what you don't. And try to have some flexibility in your opinions. Don't go for just party loyalty and tribalism. Try to find issues that you like, and you'll be surprised how close we are to certain agreeing on certain things and try to get the little things in the middle and make incremental changes and said and say, well, if you don't do this, then I'm 100 percent against it. I feel like that is lost and we're hating on each other. There's ways to connect and we can get there. We just need everybody to fucking tone it down a little bit and find what actually connects us. And what we all agree on and try to fix those. And don't worry about the fucking noise on the far left and far right. Those guys can stay what they are. That's just my preaching. I love politics and it's political season. It just started and it's a lot of fun for me. I got bad news for you. It's getting worse, not better. So 
Well, I'd like it's to just think get, that maybe we bought them out. You know what I mean? And maybe people are like, you know what? I'm sick I, of this. I Fuck keep this. thinking. I keep thinking we've bottomed out until we continue to bot. I'm like, th- th- there's a yeah. bottom under the bottom. I used but to I, be. I used to be like you. I used to watch the political things, and I, mm-hmm. I, I do subscribe to a couple of political podcasts. But it, it's just so much noise on both sides. It's just like everything's a fucking dick measuring contest. And like you suck more than. Hey, we both suck, but you suck more than me. And look at what it, I, I can't. Yeah, because what I, it's it, end up happening is I've lost I'm not interest. Voting, I'm not voting for somebody that I think is a good representation, smart, articulate, can work and get things done. No, yeah. I'm voting for the guy that hates the other side. more. Exactly. That's they, what it's they been. Could be the biggest degenerate. They could yep. be fucking. A non like graduate of high school, fucking been in jail, get caught with their fucking dicks in in like fifteen thousand people behind their wives and families back. Doesn't matter. They fucking hate them. So I'm on that side. I wish something wouldn't happen to get us back, but I fear something's gonna happen in this country, something bad, and it's gonna bring us together. And it shouldn't take that. And that could be an assassination. That could be a fucking, you know, a terrorist thing like that. And then people will start realizing again, fuck, we love each other. We're on the same team. Hopefully that'll happen. But anyways, I love the political stuff and I love being educated on this stuff. So my problem is, is that even within the party, like the debate the other day, yeah, I thought the debate was supposed to be talking to us. No, they're too busy taking shots at each other within the party. And then, just like it happened this past election, two of them have to go get in a room together and be nicey-nice because they're running the country together. That's the part that's got me. Yeah, all this other stuff, everything you guys said was absolutely dead on dead on point. But even within the party, they can't yep. be nice to each other, and that's just sad. Yeah, yep. it's too bad. But hopefully there's a, a, a Pony Tom ticket coming out in the future. There you Oof. go. And and then and the campaign slogan will be learning to walk again. Miss the misery twenty-four. Hard as a rock, twenty-four. <laughs> the, the bullet boys foo fighter ticket of Pooney and Tom. I like who twenty twenty-four. No one is poo. Sonny, <laughs> want to tell people where they can find you? Uh I'm easy to find growinguprock.com. Uh, probably the easiest way, uh, growing up rock podcast. We're on all the normal platforms. Everybody else is on podcast rock city. Uh, we're on every Sunday at 7 PM Eastern time. Uh, and I'm out there on the social. How do you do that when you're like the biggest football gambling degenerate junkie? Well, the game doesn't start at seven and the game is on. So I've already put my bet on it. (laughs) Yeah, but don't you want to watch and live oh, through all that? Uh, I am watching. So I'm sitting there watching going, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, because you're yeah. just ignoring uh, fucking what's his name? You're just not paying oh, attention. We're, 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 I'm deleting that. I'm not putting his name oh, okay. on there. I'm not okay. throwing his music on. Fuck. Okay. All right. <laughs> Tom, what about us? Uh, shout out Loudcast. So if this is your first time hearing us, we are regularly an all kiss podcast that drop new episodes every Saturday. We do the album review crew with Sonny once a month. And then we also have a couple other things, dorm damage episodes that come out once a week, just quick ones about pop culture or whatever. Uh, we do some Zeppelin episodes that come out once every, uh, you know, full moon. Uh, but go to our website, shoutoutloudcast.com for all that, or email us at shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com and all the social media, X, uh, 
Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, tick, the TikTok, all that stuff. We're out there, so you can find us. What we like to do is end on famous last words. Uh, Tom, you got any? Yeah, I do. This 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 lyric always kind of stood out for me, and it's, you know, not one of the better songs for me on the album. But the lyric was kind of interesting. What a nice long leash! What a nice tight noose! Never work for me, but sure, it'll look good on you. Ouch! False starts, young hearts get shattered. Pick up the pieces coming down around you you ran away ran away it was right on cue mm, nice one of these days the ground will drop out from beneath your feet one of these days your heart will stop and play its final beat mm, yikes sunny Tom, Loudcasters, Kiss Army, Futards, thank you. Always a great time, good hang, not a great album. Love these episodes, guys. Whether it's a good album, a bad album, or a mediocre album, Foo is still not poo. Thank you, guys. Peace out, Girl Scout. How is that big muffin ass bastard? How's he doing? Good? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.